on today's episode of Gathering the Kings. I've always constantly tried to do things to put myself out there at the next level. I don't think I'm great at it, but I just keep coming back to it, whether it's Toastmasters or doing speeches, or I got roped into doing stand-up once. The podcast is part of it. Each time I do it, it's hard because it's like a muscle. You have to keep doing it and, and putting out additional videos, which feels horrible. But I know it's important because as soon as you retract, as soon as you don't put yourself out there, your ability to make an impact, your ability to, to take ideas that will make a difference in the world just sort of diminish so i've been i've been trying to do that so i think that my battle with that that's that's great but i think that's always held me back because i always second guess that and i always have to like force myself to keep moving forward so that's that's been an ongoing battle to be able to put myself out there and try to be a leader you are listening to gathering the kings with Chaz wolf featuring fellow seven, eight, and even nine-figure business owners who have real battle scars from business and life, but have prevailed as the king that they are designed to be. We welcome high-performing entrepreneurs to the stage in order to reveal the real of the real on what it takes to build a successful business today. We dissect the good and bad decisions they've made along the way that give a true and accurate picture of the journey of success and how you too can get there. Through this dialogue, you will learn the value of growing your network and surrounding yourself with power players and kings like today's guest. Grab your pen and notebook because we're about to dive in. What's up, everybody? I'm Chaz Wolf, Gathering the Kings podcast. Today, I've got Tats Nakagawa here on the King stage. I butchered it, I'm sure, but brother, I'm thankful to have you here. That was great, man. Thank you. Well, for, for the listener, they didn't get to hear my mess ups. It took me a couple of times of saying that, and my editor, luckily, is going to cut that out. <laughs> but here we are, my, my man. I, I'm anxious to have this conversation with you, and I want to know, what kind of business are you in? Yeah, so we have a manufacturing businesses that manufacture roof coatings. And I mean, that's the furthest thing from my mind that I ever thought that I ended up doing. But, you know, entrepreneurship has its twists and turns, right? It does. It does. And you're right. I don't know if any of us necessarily thought that 10 or 20 years down the road, we'd be doing this, but here we are. So I appreciate that, that openness and vulnerability to start us off with. So the roof coating business, like I want to know, you said that you didn't think that you'd be in this industry, but what's the why for you? What, why are you building? Is it this business or why are you building in general? Why entrepreneurship? Give me the bigger picture. What makes you go? Absolutely. I remember when I was 10 years old, I had a friend that had a pear tree in his backyard and I just had this idea and I thought well why don't we gather up these pears and and sell them so we found this bus stop that was next to a convenience store that wasn't selling any fruit and we put a little table and and put these pears out and the pears looked terrible like they just didn't didn't look great and we didn't have a lot of success, but just before we were shutting down, there was a there was a guy that walked up with his, I think, girlfriend, and he looked at both square in the eye and said, I love entrepreneurs. And then he opened his wallet, pulled out a crisp $20 bill and gave it to us. And at that time, this was a long time ago, that was like a million dollars to us. Oh, yeah. And, everything. You know, the lesson for me is, hey, the product was bad. The execution was terrible. But if you have the courage to go out there, just try. Yeah. Good things can happen. And so that's good. always stayed with me. 
Yeah. I mean, I think that any of us that have kids, whether we had that moment as kids or for me now, having kids and being out on selling lemonade or the cookies, we can relate to that story and and the hustle and the excitement and then a little bit of disappointment because no one's stopping or the fruit is bad. We always it's the same dynamic as a real entrepreneur. And and I'm glad that you got to experience that guy because I've tried to be that guy to several, like my wife gives me such a hard time. It's, it's a good thing. We don't live in a neighborhood where there's a lot of kids selling lemonade because I would drink nothing but lemonade because I would just be stopping by giving twenties every time. I just, I'm, I'm thankful that you were marked by it, hoping that some of these kids that I'm doing it for are marked as well. Um, really, really cool stuff. Okay. So bigger picture, but you have kids now. Like what, what do you like that was then, but what now? Like what pushes you? What works you every day now? Uh, absolutely. And, and Chance, I, I love the fact that you're going out there giving those $20 bills out because I think I try to do that as well. It's like not necessarily just giving out money, but Hey, they're giving people their first chance, their next chance. Exactly. I mean, how many times did that happen to for me? And I just want to sort of pay that back, right? Whatever 100%. way possible. But I think, what happened is as I grew up, I I knew I needed help. I was always interested in entrepreneurship. And I had this opportunity come from a friend where I worked with a successful entrepreneur. Just he was being my mentor. And his name is Peter Rosen. And he invented the Windows Media Player, sold it to Bill Gates. He worked on some early 3D printing technology. He also worked on a steel measurement technology that later sort of partially inspired the MRI. And I worked for free. I just wanted to learn yeah. and I got a ton out of it. And one of the earlier ventures that so I had was a marketing company that helped launch new products, did feasibility testing and launching different products. So consumer products, industrial products. And man, I was terrible. When I first started, I just didn't know, didn't know what I was doing. I was just tripping over everything. But as I got to the 20th, 40th, now, ultimately, like over a hundred different launches, started to understand sort of higher percentage plays and and how to structure that. But I think what's changed for me, back to your question, was after a while, I started to question what sort of things I was helping to put into the world. I'm getting yeah. older, I have kids, thinking about their future. I didn't feel great about it. I wasn't excited about it. And it just didn't happen overnight. It just slowly started to eat away at me that this didn't feel right. And when I I realized that I wanted to go in a new direction, I remembered that Peter, who is my business partner to this day, that was my original mentor, invented something that was plant-based, that was a coding, and he accidentally invented decades earlier. And here we are in in the sustainable high-adhesion roof coating business. So just that alignment, right? That, that you can do something good for the world, that economics for the customer are good, and it can lead to your fa- family's well-being. That was kind of the light bulb moment that you can have those things in alignment. Yeah. Yeah. That's really powerful because I think a lot of us maybe get lost sometimes in just the daily, right? Like I just, I provide a roof coating, like, and then just kind of leave it at that as opposed to this, like, no, like all these things can come into an alignment it can be fulfilling. It can be an actually great product. It can be changing lives all over the world. And, and I think that these things are conceptual. And as entrepreneurs, sometimes we get stuck in the task or the daily, and it's it's tough to kind of come up for air sometimes and remember those things. That's a really good reminder. What 
would you say that it, maybe it's Peter, maybe it's someone else, but who inspires you? Who who has inspired you over the years? I, I think my, my kids the most. I think over the years when, when I was, I've had so many different mentors. So that those individuals have cer- certainly inspired me. You have a podcast. I try to get on guests that I'm curious about their knowledge or their story or their their sort of accomplishments or, you know, however you define success. But right. I think currently, I think the, the thing that drives me the most is my kids and what I can learn from them and what I can teach them, right? So yeah. I think at the end of the day, you can't make everyone happy, but if I can do a good job there, or at least an adequate job there, then I'd be happy. Yeah, that's cool. We'll get definitely going to get into the family dynamic here soon, because I feel like you and I probably have a similar vein in that with our children, spending the time, building them up, all those things. I definitely want to get to that. Let's go back a little bit. Let's go back to the beginnings. You kind of mentioned this, like your partner accidentally created this product, but then you swoop through and you build a business. Like, give us a little bit of that story here. Just how did it start? Sure, absolutely. So after the marketing company, like Peter, decades earlier, was inventing this sort of baseboard product. He had a friend that was a carpenter. And in the late 80s, a lot of the high-end homes had curved walls, curved staircases. And if you can imagine, at the time, they had to to take those baseboards that are made out of wood and cut them into Lego-sized pieces and try to reassemble them around the curved walls. And his carpenter friend kept bugging him because he knew as an inventor to invent something that would go around the walls that you can nail into and paint over. And and, and the bonus was he wanted to create sustainable and good for the environment. So he solved that problem. But as you know, many innovations lead to other innovations, unexpected innovations. And he invented a coding, which him being the scientist inventor type, he coded ships, roofs, roads and stuff like that. And he he had to, I mean, he got to watch it over 20 years to see how it did and, and hold up. So so that was the first part. The second part, which I, I'm not sure if it is, there, there was a reality game show called Dragon's Den with the same Shark Tank hosts, Kevin okay. O'Leary, Robert Herjavec. And yeah. what, what the coincidence was, was they were having the a show that was piggybacking on the reality show where they're trying to find the best sustainable innovation in okay. Canada. And out of the 40 audition sites, Peters made the pitch and went through and Basically, long story short, out of 4,000 companies, the product in his pitch came in first. Wow. So we got 12 million views, $100,000 from Pepsi because that was the, the strings attached. And, and okay. we turned down the, the celebrity judges on the offers and raised some money privately. And that's how we started a company. Wow. Wow. That was the beginning before any revenue? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Pre-revenue idea. Why do you think, why do you think Coca-Cola or any investor did or would have invested at that time. Pre-revenue is just an idea, obviously a cool invention. Yeah, it was a competition. So it was a it was prize money. So it's a sponsorship money. So essentially they were, um, I don't know if you remember this, but at the time Frito-Lay, which is Pepsi brand, was launching a organic chip bag, which ultimately failed because it was too loud and and I don't know if you remember. We don't like the loud chip bag, okay? Yeah. <laughs> Come on, Dad. It had some consumer product usability issues, but but they were sponsoring the show. And I think this was the only time they did it is they sponsored the show and, and ran a sort of a co-promotion. And that's that's, awesome. that's what we got into. You got you got the 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 lucky hundred thousand and and off to the races you were. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, I, I think we sort of didn't end up in roofing right away. We were in other industries, but eventually we got pulled into roofing because 
there was a need. And we were yeah. a little skeptical about the roofing industry because the roofing industry on the surface appears like they have many products that serve that market. Yeah, but exactly that wasn't the case for this specific, specific area. They needed something with different performance characteristics. And that's yeah. what the product brought to the table. How did you, or maybe it was a stumble, but how did you find that opportunity? Because as you said, when you think of a coating product, whether it be a floor or a roof, like you kind of already think like, oh yeah, that's already been solved. How did you come across the idea that that maybe your product either was a better solution or a solution that hadn't been solved yet? Yeah. I mean, I think originally we were in oil and gas coating the inside of tanks, mainly because our director of sales or, or VP of sales or was in that area. Yeah. So you start to test things. Luckily, I had a company that did all this feasibility testing, right? Like listening right. to the customer, watching the customer pattern, figuring out the thing. So it was kind of within our skill set to launch. I think what wasn't in our skill set was operating. So we're sure. great at launching things out of the gate because I had over a hundred reps. But yeah. I guess the the learning, the humility, the the lessons were operating. Like the yeah. difference between getting a bunch of sales and then um but the difference when when people figure out what you're doing, they see your game plan and they start competing against you, right? right? So I think that's the operational discipline that I think over the last four or five years, we had to get better at. And to this day, we're always trying to figure out how to become operationally better. We're always yeah. good at the marketing, the sales, the initial stuff, but how do we maintain that discipline and what type of people that will help us grow to the next level? Yeah, I love that dynamic of the multiple areas of the business and, and just your vulnerability of sharing, even how you guys are currently growing even now as a as a large company. So I just appreciate that because the guy that's listening right now, maybe they're your size or or much smaller, but the reality s- still remains, which is there's this up and down. Today, I didn't sell any any uh, pairs. My, my pairs weren't very good. <laughs> but then you know what? Tomorrow, some guy's going to stop by. It doesn't matter how good the pair is. It's it just was good juju in the in the in the mix. So just really, it's just it's just real, right? Like it's just how it happens. Sometimes it feels calculated. Sometimes it doesn't. And I mean, so it, the the book that people write after the fact sometimes looks very linear, but you know, yeah. it's more of a general trajectory type of situation. That's right. That's right. With with all the setbacks in between, and I think that it's a big part of our show. It's funny in our little chat before I hit the recording button, you're like, look, I just want to talk about all my failures. I'm like, okay, good. Cause we're going to get there for sure. So we're here. So why don't we just run right into the first one here? And cause I want to know a good decision and a bad decision. So sure. we'll start with the, we'll start with the, maybe a bad decision that, that maybe you had in your mind, but just something that you can think about a moment in time, something that happened that just like really caused a bunch of issues. Of course, you probably learned from it, but what can we learn from you about this situation? I mean, I could think of lots of different mistakes I made, but I think the thing that took me the longest to learn is the the right way of delegating, right? And mm, I think yeah. just because you can figure it out doesn't mean it should be you. And then I think the more recent ones, let's say last three or four years has been, hey, even the stuff that you love, you have to delegate because there's right. people around you or people that you can go to that are just so much better than you, or at least at par, right? right. Um, and, and the quicker to get to that, the better. And also I've made so many mistakes around trying to figure out how to build the right type of teams and the compliments, yeah. right? And, and just the awareness around that, right? So yeah. many, many, many books will say like, oh, you should do it this way. You should do it that way. 
But ultimately, there's certain things that every business needs to accomplish. It is like demand gen. They need operations, which is like, are people within the company happy? Are the customers happy and doing it profitably? And even if it will not make a great article or a great book, that if it works, it works, right? And just to be very, very aware of those things that sometimes may not work for everyone, but in your situation works. And and I guess being aware of why it works and appreciating it, even if it doesn't look look quote unquote perfect. Yeah, no, it's so good. I think I think we hear this as entrepreneurs in a lot of different places, whether it's a podcast and a book, a, a conference, but it's really true. So if you're listening right now and you're hearing Tass talking about this cliche thing, it's not cliche. <laughs> it's, it's real. It's real. As, as much as I could shake myself 20 years ago and go here, I think that would be one of the points for real. But, um, I think that I think that we build on those moments, and so let, let's let's build on it and and give me a good decision, maybe early on, even like where you maybe weren't one hundred percent certain, but you can look back and go, this moment changed everything for us. What was it? Yeah, good point. I I think when I first started the the, the podcast, like with anything, my fam, even my family wasn't listening to it, right? And <laughs> even to this day, it's not the audience isn't big, but the thing is. I started because I needed to get better at certain yeah. things. And I just needed an excuse to get closer to the type of people that I needed to be around to take yeah. what I know to the next level. And you're raising your hand. You don't know if it's going to do anything or it's going to be helpful. Right. And you, you feel like a, an alien with a third or fourth eye because in the coding industry, building materials and construction, that kind of theme combined at the time, I think I was the only one, <laughs> I, but I, yeah. I knew I just, I could, I couldn't find anyone that kind of understood it. And it was just yeah. so specialized that I couldn't get it out of a general source. So I cobbled together sort of experts in different areas, me to try to understand the various aspects of it. Cause I think yeah. I talked before the operation side is complicated. Like there's, yeah. depending on who you talk to, about seven different decision makers and regionally, the go-to market strategy in different regions are different because there's different dynamics within these seven decision makers. So I really needed to understand the nuance of that. And there was yeah. no one resource. So I kind of had to create that for myself. So and when I started, it was just the need. I wasn't sure what I was going to turn out and just happy, happy I stuck with it, even if no one else was doing it when I first yeah. started. Exactly. Well, I, whether it's a podcast or whether it's making that first phone call, starting that that business for the first time. These these first, I, I just, again, your vulnerability is is unmatched here, but of just like this, it wasn't really 100% certain. I felt a little bit silly. And now you're four years in. Look, we can go back to the beginning of this podcast. I'm 200 and almost 50 episodes into this show. <laughs> and it took me three times to say your name. It's just like, ah, but we just do it. You just jump in and you just do it. And and it, and it all works itself out. In fact, if anything, now you and I have an incredible funny story that we'll be able to tell forever and ever. And maybe something that your your kids and my kids will tell one day. I don't know. Um, you just don't have those things if you don't, if you just don't jump, if you just don't take that opportunity, like you're saying. So looking back now, four years into the podcast, you're thankful that you did it. 
absolutely it's 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 been fun to be able to to help others and help myself learn more and it's just an ongoing process so i'm definitely happy i kept at it because sometimes you kind of every once in a while you lose this okay why am i doing this and you just have to refocus and and keep going again so i'm happy i kept at it the 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 answer that you gave a couple minutes ago i want to just bring the attention of the listener back to it you said I needed to curate basically an environment for me to learn, but also to get around some players that I felt like would help me learn, but also then put me in a different position. And so whether that's the listener starting their own podcast or not, doesn't really matter. That's not my point. But hearing you say things like, I knew I needed to grow. And for you, even though it was this construction, roof coating, very niche specific thing, you thought, I'm going to create an environment and I'm going to start a podcast. And what an incredible mindset of just being willing to do whatever it is that you need. And so that's what I'm pointing out to the listeners that maybe it's not a specific podcast that you start like tats or even like myself, but there are things right now that you know that you just need to go do that create an environment for one learning two, probably connections and relationships. Because even before we started, we went back and forth on a, on a mutual connection that a dear bu- a friend of mine that's been on your show. And it's like, man, you don't meet those types of people unless you put yourselves out there. So just a little encouragement to the listener before we move on here. I want to know, Tats, inside of this journey that you've had, looking at yourself, looking at the success that you had, what would you say is a characteristic trait or maybe a habit that you have that's unexpectedly kept you from success? Or maybe it kept you from success longer? Yeah, absolutely. I I have one for you. So when I was in grade eight, I went to this school where I had to take band or drama. And I hated the idea of drama so much. So I ran as fast as I could to band. <laughs> and uh, I didn't even play an instrument, but I was like, I don't want to make a fool anyway. of myself in drama. This is this is not for me. Yeah. So I went to band. And band is one of those strange classes where you don't really go to learn. You go to practice. You go to learn. So I, I, I show up at this class. I don't know how to play an instrument. I don't know how to read music. I thought stupidly that my my parents are very musical, but dad plays guitar. Both my, my mom and my sister, they're very good with the piano. And so I thought maybe I could sort of sneak by. Yeah. That's terrible. So that was, that was terrible. I couldn't read music. I On top of that, I picked a horrible choice of instrument. I thought the trumpet would be easy because it has three keys. Right. Big mistake. Less keys, yeah. more problems. That's right. uh, but I was so disrupted. They shut me in the back of the uh, the band sort of equipment locker room to practice by myself. And I'm just feeling so stupid. I'm sitting there hanging my head in shame. And I thought for a second, maybe they'll forget about me. And the semester will be over. And I'll never talk about this ever, ever again. And I distinctly remember just before the end of the semester, a teacher walking in and saying, in order to pass this class, you have to perform in front of the entire school. Oh, individually. As a, as a band. Okay, and okay. All right. I mean, as my face went white, I don't think <laughs> I felt my legs. And when the teacher went off, I ran to a friend of mine. And I said, what am I supposed to do? Yeah. He kind of looks at me and says, pretend. So concert day comes. I'm staring at the entire school. I should have just done band. We've been 20, 20, 25 people. Okay. But I'm staring at the entire school. And, and guess what? I wasn't even good enough to pretend to play. So I made <laughs> a complete fool of myself in front of the entire school. And it's all because I ran away from a challenge. 
right? Yeah. And that thing is, I've always been shy or introverted. Sure. And, but I always liked the idea of doing things like, you know, taking ideas, taking them to the next level, helping people. And I, I, I came to the realization that, you know, being not able to communicate or not able to sort of put yourself out there is going to be a problem because those things don't line up. So I've always constantly tried to do things to put myself out there at the next level. I don't think I'm great at it, but I just keep coming back to it, whether it's Toastmasters or doing speeches, or I got roped into doing stand-up once. The podcast is part of it. Each time I do it, it's hard because it's like a muscle. You have to keep doing it and and putting out additional videos, which feels horrible. But I know it's important because as soon as you retract, as soon as you don't put yourself out there, your ability to make an impact, your ability to, to take ideas that will make a difference in the world just sort of diminish so i've been i've been trying to do that so i think that my battle with that that's that's great but i think that's always held me back because i always second guess that and i always have to like force myself to keep moving forward so that's that's been an ongoing battle to be able to put myself out there and try to be a better leader yeah you're right well that last little sentence that you said there to try to be a better leader who are you leading people (laughs) <laughs> it's it it's tough to lead people on your team to sell things to people like we, we're in a people business i heard this quote from from a guy that i followed for a long long time he said do you know how to swim it's kind of a wet planet like the fact that you live on the beach near or near the water and don't know how to swim is like you should think that that's a problem and and here we are as business owners thinking that well, all I got to do is just do a good job and the rest will take care of itself. And uh, we come across as gruff or, or disconnected or, or bad leaders or jerks or whatever, the, the myriad of names that I'm sure that we've all, been, we've all been called. But the reality of it is, is that there's people on the other end of that transaction or that conversation or that podcast. And for you and for me both, believe it or not, I'm an introvert as well. And you got to just do it. You just got to do it. When you walk into the room, you don't, I was just, just literally right before the show talking to a person about introvert, extrovert, because my natural tendency to walk into a room is like, where's the water cooler? What can I make myself busy with? <laughs> I'll be in the room. Okay. But well, how can I be busy rather than thinking, man, there's all this opportunity here. Who, who should I go meet? Who should I shake hands with? And you got to quickly overcome that. You just got to just say, okay, let me get my glass of water and then let me go shake some hands. So would you like to add anything to that test? No, just, just like I said, just, we all have these things, right? And I guess the main thing is, do you have the awareness? Do you have people around you that tell you that you suck if you're doing a bad job? And I certainly have some of those. So I'm very, very grateful for that. That's awesome. I want to go to our speed round here. I'm going to come at you with some, some kind of heavier questions in their business. And first one's around KPI. So you, you've got a product that you're selling that it's got a lot of dynamics to it, but if you could only pick one thing to track inside your business, what would it be? What's the most important KPI? I think I think we need to do a better job with this, but customer customer happiness, right, and and project success in and around that. So that's for us, that's the most important. Yeah. How do you feel? Like you said, you got to do a better job of that. What What do you mean by that? And I'm, I'm more so specifically thinking how how can the listener grow in this area? What are you going to go do? To, to be better in that, that they could also do? 
Yeah, I, I think just ongoing better definition of what our ideal customer is. We go through distribution, so it's a little bit harder. We've lost yeah. some visibility around that. But I think for us, what we're working really hard on is just definition, definition. And I think we're going to try to do that is we're going to have a contractor of the year this year. And we've put a lot of work into define what like the best of the best look like. And yeah. I think that's really sort of pulled the team around what an ideal partner looks like. Yeah. And that way you can go find more, right? If you know what you're looking for, you now you can go hunting. Yeah. <clears throat> what book would you recommend, Tats, for a business owner looking to grow? Sure. I mean, it depends on the strengths and weaknesses, but I like Simple Numbers by Greg Crabtree. Okay. What was your takeaway from that? Well, it's just the way he thinks about numbers, right? Because there's all these financy accounting books right. that go into a lot of detail, which you'll put the most of the orders to sleep. But I think his point is that if you're not an entrepreneur, one thing you should realize is most entrepreneurs are very poor at numbers and that yeah. they shouldn't feel so bad coming yeah. into it. But a, a book like Simple Numbers will help you bridge that a bit better and start your point because that can't be a weakness. You you don't need yeah. to be great at numbers, but you can't be weak at numbers if you're leading. So yeah. That's a great, great depiction. You got to know them. You're right. I love also how you said too, that you don't have to necessarily be the best or it doesn't have to be like your favorite thing, but you can't be weak at it. It, it You'll get eaten alive. Well, you won't be in business. Let's just be honest, right? You'll be, you'll be out before, <laughs> before the door closes. If, if you don't mess, mess in the right direction there. Tats, what are your thoughts on <clears throat> networking, masterminding, getting with other entrepreneurs in intentional ways? Talk about that for you. Yeah, I, I like networking. I like masterminds, peer groups. I think it's a great idea. And I think for me, a successful peer group is one that you're not just there for referrals or business tips. It, you just cultivate a feeling where you have a group of people that really have your back, right? Where you can really talk about anything and 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 you trust them with it and you 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 feel like they have your best interests in mind. So I think a group like that is infinitely well because sometimes you know, the entrepreneurs there everyone feels like you should have the answer you should have this or not you just need a space where you can just kind of put it all out there and maybe it's just just about getting it out there but you you, you should have a group that has your back is very valuable yeah yeah there's that it's an intangible that of what you're referring to relationship based obviously but there's a, a camaraderie and a strength or even a confidence that comes from being able to step forward, whether it be in decision-making or in figuring out a connection or figuring out a problem, but specifically with those people that you kind of journey with over and over and over again, it's intentionality at its best. Also love the perspective there. And this is again, just for the listener, because there's different, I guess, steps along the way that a business owner would need maybe a networking group versus a peer-to-peer -peer group and a networking, like you said, for referrals like that. And that's great. There's nothing wrong with that. Got to grow the business somehow, some way. But at some point, collaboration becomes equally important. So thank you for that dynamic. I got a question for you about family and, and then we'll wrap up here in a few minutes. But there's this <clears throat> dynamic that I'm pressing hard into myself as well as even gathering the Kings. We're going to be doing a family mastermind cruise later this year. And there's these three areas, business, marriage, and then family or, or parenting that we all, at least what I found, the people that I'm attracted to that, that are attracted to me, that we have, and we want all of these three areas to like really coincide. And they, they do, but for some reason, our obsession in the different levels is seasonality <laughs> or, or season, if you will, right? 
some seasons it's here, some seasons it's here. We try to balance it and we fall off the balance beam every single time. So my question to you is, what are, what are some practical things that you've done in and around your family? You talked about your kiddos already, where it's not just maybe necessarily all just business or all just family, but how have you kind of done it all together? Yeah, I mean, I I think alignment, you try to find better alignment. I don't know if balance is the right thing because the thing is right. that entrepreneur, like you just go, right? That's so right. maybe you just go hard for a little bit and then you go back the other way. I, I, I find <laughs> that when entrepreneurs and people I know, they try to saw off things, right? That they don't do well in every area. So I right. see that dynamic, but I think one of the, the most useful exp- exercises I've done is that because it's not a, it's a moving target, right? Because everyone, right, kids are growing up, relationships, whatever. You just have to have a very good idea of how those things are evolving, right? Yeah. And the the alignment between those two. And I think you just have a like you said, customer happiness. Well, figure out how happy people are in other areas, right? And I think that's that's probably the best thing you can do is that if you if you're in touch with if customers are happy if you can somehow get in touch with your spouse or your kids are happy and then it's a dream but if if there's things that overlap right like if let's say you have a hobby that also sort of helps work and stuff like that it can be good but there's yeah. no perfect answer but i think the thing is just stay really close in touch with what what everyone's doing because you can't assume people are happy because right. things change so quickly. Hundred percent. I I love how you you ter- put it into business owner terms for us and made our spouse and our kids the the customer. <laughs> and it's like, well, what's their satisfaction score? And if we're if we're really honest, I think a lot of times we choose the business because that's what we feel excited about. And even earlier this year, or I guess last year, twenty two for me, I started using the word build. Like I, I know I'm a builder. I know, I'm, I'm building a podcast and building an audience. I'm building multiple businesses. I'm building real estate, like all this stuff, right? It's like, oh, well, no, actually I'm, I'm building a family. I'm building my children individually. I'm building my marriage. And so when I, when I change that dynamic, very similar to what you just did, I can get just as excited about those things as I do about building the next, the next product, right? Yeah. Yeah. Alignment, right? Like language alignment, turn it into a project, Right. And, and, and find, find an intersect points where your interest and their interests and, right. and sort of coincide. So I, I think just searching for those is, is, uh, is good. It's great when you can find them. Super practical. Okay. Last question. Are you ready? Yep. Tats, if you could whisper in the younger Tats here, what would you say? Wow. Um, just, I, I think with anything, it's just, I have to be careful about overthinking is just trust yourself and then just just keep making decisions, keep moving forward. I, I, I need to hear that more now, right? So just this constant process. At, at no point are you going to know everything you need to know. You're just going to, we keep coming back to some of the things that made you successful before. As long as you sort of enjoy the process and, and trust the process, then, hey, it'll, it'll be fun and, and it'll work out. Yeah, I love that. It's good. It's pure. It's right. What do you think other than maybe like the overthinking part of it? Cause I think a lot of entrepreneurs can, can agree with that or can resonate with that. Where does that perspective come from? Is that, is that a personality perspective that you've learned about yourself? Is that situations where you've been like, mm, I wish I would have pressed harder on that and not hesitated. 
Give us just a little bit of deeper insight there. Yeah, I think the fundamentals of overthinking are just thinking about the future, right? You and go. you can do that. But just like, I, I'll give you an example. I, I played chess for a little bit because I thought, you know, what? I love strategy, right? So I, let's pick up a strategy, a strategy game. Yeah. That was the worst fit ever because <laughs> if you calculate the possibilities of the moves, right? So one move, two moves in, you know how they say chess players are 10 moves ahead? Well, yeah. when you actually do the math on that, it's, it's, it's an impossible number, right? So, yeah. and every step of the way, there could be an unknown variable. So you don't want to go too many steps ahead. Like, sure, you can set a 10-year vision. You can do right. a three-year picture, right? A one-year goal. But the thing is, there's, it's like we talked about earlier, it's a trajectory. If yeah. 80% of it kind of goes, that's what it feels like. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. when I read a book and they say, culture is this, culture that. And and so in your mind, maybe if, if you haven't run a company, you're thinking that everyone needs to be drinking the Kool-Aid and whatever. But then you read a book like Principles from Ray Dalio yeah. And he'll tell you that you'll have, like he said, something along the lines that you have like 10 or 20% that are really on board. And then you have some people that are sort of on board. And then you have sort of a, a next group of people that you have, they're not on board, but they don't get in the way, right? <laughs> and right. then you just have to get rid of the people that that get, get in the way. So to me, that's more realistic of yeah. people go through in a good yeah. culture, right? It's yeah. not where everyone is over the moon. They're generally pretty good right so yeah. Yeah. i think i like books or like people that have conversation because i want to know what good looks like right like i i because another thing is when i was launching lots of products i interviewed a guy named jeffrey moore who's launched thousands of products like he he's the uh, strategy for microsoft autodesk wow. salesforce you name it he wrote yeah. the book on it called crossing the chasm right which is like the playbook for technology launches Wow. And I asked him because I'm like, I've, I've launched these products and every, I'll, I'll go to a bunch of different approaches and I'll get to like three possible doors that you can mm -hmm. go to. And they all look pretty good. And so how do I narrow it down further just yeah. to get a little bit more insight? And he just has a smile on his face, looked at me and says, hey, at some point you got to roll the dice. <laughs> yeah, it's so true. Right. So with strategy, with thinking ahead, with planning, at some point, there's no point. And just being able to recognize where the ROI drops off yeah. is much sooner than I think. So I have to stop grinding at it sooner because the ROI of it drops off. So I think just having awareness of that is something that, you know, something that I try to stay in touch with. Yeah. Sometimes the answer is just go go you'll learn more you'll learn something right as long as there's not a huge downside go is 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 probably the answer yeah exactly love that tats how can the listener connect with you maybe they're in the roofing industry and they need your product or maybe they're just a business owner and they want to reach out and pick your brain how can they find you Sure. I think com has a lot of the roofing related information and also links to the YouTube pages. We've put up a lot of videos. I'm on most social channels. So if people want to learn more about things that I've learned or found useful, I try to put a lot of video, video content out there, you know, 
comment, ask questions, whatnot. Yeah. Those are good, it's, especially if they're asking publicly because I can comment to them and it'll benefit multiple people. And yeah, if there's yeah. something specific that that you you want some feedback from, send me a message right. on any of those social medias, even on TikTok, I'm on there. So um, awesome. I try to be available. Like I said, people have helped me before. So I'll try yeah. my best helping people in their goals and, and their mission. I want, I want the listener to, to get one last nugget that the introvert who just talked about how hard it is for him to get on a podcast for the first time, walk into a room, all these things that we've got to talk about. He just said he's on TikTok. I mean, come on. It gave me the biggest headache in the world. Like it just, but I made it, I made it. I, was, I wanted to quit like 20 times because it hurt so much, but I'm there. I love it. I love it. You've been incredible. Thank you for the insight, the laughs, the realness. You've you've been all real today. So thank you for that. We wish you nothing but blessing for 2023 and your business and your family, all of the above. Thank you for being here. Thank you, Chas. Thank you for listening to Gathering the Kings today. I hope that you were able to pull out a few nuggets to go apply into your business right away. More importantly, though, I hope that you're realizing that it takes more to be successful than just being by yourself, doing it all on your own, carrying the weight all by yourself. What I have realized, not only in my own journey from multiple businesses and multiple different industries, and now interviewing literally over two or 300 other very successful seven, eight, and nine-figure business owners, is that it's tough to do it alone. And so Gathering the Kings literally exists to bring together successful entrepreneurs. In fact, we are putting together one thousand kings specifically who are grateful but not done we're intentionally assembling kings who fight tooth and nail for their business family and communities and here's what we believe that in the pursuit of excellence in those areas that it ignites within us the responsibility to govern power and forge a lasting legacy so if that relates and and resonates with you and you know that you need people around you sharp qualified other very successful business owners, I want you to go to gatheringthekings.com. I want you to take a look at what we're doing and see if it makes sense for you to be part of our pursuit to 1,000 kings. Talk soon. What's up, everybody? I'm Chaz Wolf, Gathering the Kings podcast. Today, I've got Tats Naka. Oh, geez, here we go. Nakagawa, you got it. Nakagawa. All right, let me do it again. What's up, everybody? I'm Chaz Wolf. Chaz Wow, you got me all nervous, man. I haven't done this in forever. Ah, all right, here we go. I'm a fellow podcast host over there judging me. I know you're not really, but what's up, everybody? I'm Chaz Wolf, gathering the King's podcast today.